Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on November 15th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, we hear from Senator Lindsey Graham at a major infrastructure project in Somerville, which is supported in part by new funding he voted for. Dr. Lori Zokowski of USC talks to us about climate change and what happened at COP26. We look at increasing inflation rates and one indicator that shows supply chain issues may be cooling. And Mike Switzer discusses those issues with the Citadel's Dr. Bob Riggle. Also, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail to hear from you all about life during these more certain times. Leave us a one, two, three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on. Here, I have a question. Tell us some of your holiday traditions. What do you guys do on Thanksgiving? Is there a little pigskin in the backyard? Are you all watching the big game? Is there a dish that everyone loves that you make or someone in your family makes? Let us know. The holidays are here. It's the holiday season. We want to hear from you. Tell us your reason for this season and this December to remember drive event. So give us a call at 803-563-7169. And thank you. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is substantial, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 14,033 total deaths, and currently there are 908,839 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of November 15th at 4 p.m. We've seen our 10th consecutive week of declining cases, with 4,422 for the week ending November 13th. Now, this was down 149 cases from the week before, so we could be seeing a bit of a plateau right now. We also saw our eighth week of declines for deaths to 49 last week. Our current percent positive is 3.1%. 438 South Carolinians are hospitalized with COVID-19, 123 are in intensive care, and 59 are on ventilators. 2.4 million, or 56% of South Carolinians aged 12 and up, have been fully vaccinated. Though he was one of 19 Republicans who voted for it, Senator Lindsey Graham was not at the White House Monday, like Columbia Mayor Steve Benjamin and others, for the signing of the bipartisan $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Instead, Graham was giving an update on the Berlin G. Myers Parkway Phase 3 in Somerville, which is in Dorchester County, the same county in which Republicans voted to censure Graham for his infrastructure vote. Maybe why he didn't go to the White House. Anyway, here is Senator Graham. The infrastructure bill's biggest asset to me is the fact that you can build things quicker, smarter, by regulatory reform. The money's important, but time is money. And uh, President Trump came up with a pilot program by executive order to streamline the building process that can make things years quicker. And the quicker you get it done, the cheaper it is, but still do it in a sound way. That executive order became part of this bill. That really got me over the line. The money's important. The $30 million will be appreciated. But being able to build roads, bridges, and sewer systems more effectively is not sexy. It doesn't get a headline. Uh, the best way to get a headline is to argue with somebody and call them a name. But it's the blocking and tackling of government. I like this. 
I do my fair share of throwing punches and get hit myself, but I like this part of my job, to see something that needs to be done get done. The Berlin G. Myers Parkway has been 17 years in the making and will see 30,000 vehicles a day unclog downtown Somerville. The third phase is expected to break ground next spring, and Secretary of Transportation Christy Hall broke down the funding for the $125 million project and the impact of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So when we talk about streamlining and all the other great things that the bipartisan infrastructure bill had in it, in addition to the funding, this is example number one of why something like that is desperately needed. And speaking of the bipartisan infrastructure bill, I want to once again thank Senator Graham for his support for that uh, particular um, infrastructure package. Not only did he have incredible leadership uh, coming forward in the Senate to help get that over the finish line for us here in South Carolina, but it is actually part of the funding package that will pay for this project. This project is a $125 million project, $60 million of which is federal funds, including about 30 that will be within that new bipartisan infrastructure package that's coming to the state. $30 million will be state infrastructure bank funding and then $35 million from the Dorchester uh, County Transportation Authority. Graham will be the only South Carolina Republican who can take credit for some of those infrastructure projects going forward because he's the only one that voted for it, along with House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, our sole Democrat. Now, the same can't be said for Graham about the nearly $3 billion in American Rescue Plan money for the state, which we have seen Governor Henry McMaster make announcements on how he thinks the money should be spent on big projects around the state, from infrastructure to workforce development. The legislature will allocate that money next year. Next up, the two-week United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP26, ended this past weekend in Glasgow, Scotland. A few things that were agreed to include 130 countries pledging to end deforestation, including Brazil. More than 100 countries joined the U.S. and European Union Global Methane Pledge to cut emissions by 30% by the end of the decade. 23 countries made commitments to phase out coal, and 25 countries and five banking institutions committed to stop public financing for most fossil fuel projects by the end of next year. And the big surprise was the United States and China, the world's top greenhouse gas emitters, agreeing to boost cooperation over the next decade to combat climate change. On This Week in South Carolina, I spoke with Dr. Lori Zolkowski, an earth sciences professor at the University of South Carolina, about the conference and how climate change affects our state. I started off by asking her about targets to keep the planet from warming by 1.5 degrees Celsius, while some models show we'll warm by 2.7 degrees Celsius by 2100. Well, I think even just starting today, where we are, we've so far warmed by about 1.1 degrees Celsius. And so when we talk about 1.5 or 2.7, that's just going to be amplifying what we're already seeing. We know that we're already having more drought in certain places, more rain in other places. We're having higher sea level, which is causing sunny day flooding, say in Charleston. And so there's wildfires out west. There's lots of things that are starting to happen today when we haven't even been to the targets that we're trying to get to. So all of those damages are going to be happening with more intensity as we get even hotter. So there's lots of work to be done. And these political commitments in terms of what are being discussed are an important important aspect to get us to being serious about our targets. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about this, are, are, do you think we are getting more serious? I mean, if you track the way we've been talking about this over the decades, do you think we've gotten now to a point where we're taking this more seriously? 
I think that there there was something pretty pivotal that happened yesterday at the Glasgow Agreement in terms of the term fossil fuels was actually the first time ever used in a commitment in terms of talking about phasing out coal. Before, we've always talked around the aspect of what was causing the warming and saying we have to decrease carbon emissions, but without really calling it the fossil fuel problem. So I'm optimistic that we're starting to take it more seriously. However, I will note, up until now, we haven't tracked with every single one of these agreements, we have had a global decrease in carbon emissions. Mm. So there's still lots of work to be done. Is that just because it takes time to catch up with these commitments or how do, what, what's the, the, the catch there? I think there's lots of factors. There's who's making the commitments at these meetings. It's usually politicians. Mm. But who's doing the work to make these reductions in emissions and are the right people getting the right resources to make it happen? And so I think that there's a huge system that needs to be changed and it's going to take a lot of work. And so I'm optimistic that there's more resources being put into it now today, especially with the infrastructure bill, and that will help with reducing emissions in the future. Mm -hmm. And we can also talk about the other uh, Build Back Better plan too, with a lot of money there for uh, combating climate change. But I want to keep with Glasgow for a moment. Uh, President Biden did announce last week about a new proposed rule to cut back on methane emissions. And I didn't really know how bad methane really was until you read up on it. It's, it's about 80 times uh, it heats the atmosphere 80 times faster than carbon dioxide in the short term. So tell me a little bit about how big of a, uh, a deal this is when it comes to committing to, you know, really cracking down on regula regulating these methane emissions in the country. So methane it doesn't last in the atmosphere as long as carbon dioxide. So if we stop emitting now for the methane, that means we will bank in some cooling as we figure out how to do reductions in carbon dioxide emissions. And so this is a really important factor. We emit a lot of methane in how we're extracting natural gas right now, and that's not really well regulated. So that is something that we could do a lot better on. So this is a great short-term gap. But that still means we need to start working on the carbon dioxide emissions as we go further. Mm -hmm. And then in August, we also heard him talk about, you know, pushing automakers to really move towards electric vehicles by 2030, asking to have about half the cars sold in the country be electric by 2030. Do you see that also as being a big way to, you know, obviously get rid of these carbon dioxide emissions, even though they'll be relying on the electrical grid, which needs work there, too, and is now becoming more and more natural gas. But natural gas is not as bad as, uh, you know, coal, coal fired plants as well. Yeah, well, just even thinking about the United States, we've decreased our carbon emissions since its peak in 2005. And most of that is because we transitioned from coal-powered plants to natural gas-powered plants. And so that has helped. It wasn't policy what happened. It was economic. Economics, sorry. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do essentially is a, it's a parallel path where we need to be working on the transportation aspect and electrifying transportation, but at the same time upgrading the grid. And so that's a lot of what was in the infrastructure bill, actually, is working on both increasing the grid's resiliency, working on renewables, but also creating the infrastructure for electric vehicles because we don't have that across the nation right now. And that will really help because that the groundwork for that was put in the infrastructure bill. So a lot of things moving there on the national level. But at the state level, I want to ask you just what we're seeing when it comes to climate change. I mean, it's all around us, too. Can you point to some examples, whether it's intense hurricanes or flooding, uh, that we, we've seen increase over the years? Well, we know that the, the hurricanes are becoming more intense more quickly because they gain their energy from storms. Sorry, they gain their energy from warmer oceans. So if you have warmer ocean temperature, the hurricanes are going to become more intense. And then when you couple that with higher sea level in terms of what the, the sea level is, that will mean you're going to have more storm surge. We're starting to see that there is less real estate appreciation in the coastal area. So that's going to have some uh, impacts on citizens. And then we're seeing changes over time 
time about when the rainfall is occurring. And this might not seem like that big of a deal for the average person, but if we start looking at who's doing the agriculture work in South Carolina, that commercial farmers who have the irrigation, they can sustain their, their crops over the summer because they have the irrigation, whereas the smaller farms can't because we're getting most of the rainfall in the fall. And we know that in terms of the floods that we saw in 2015, that the intense rainfall is typically happening in the fall. And in an email to his followers on Saturday, former President Donald Trump put out a call for challengers to run against House members he's butted heads with, saying, Saving America starts by saving the GOP from rhinos, that's Republicans in name only, sellouts and known losers. Any interest from good and smart American first Republican patriots to run primary campaigns against Representatives Tom Rice, John Katko, Don Bacon, Don Young, Fred Upton, Andrew Garbarino, Peter Meyer, David McKinley, Nancy Mace, Jamie Herrera Butler, and Chris Smith, you will have my backing. Well, so far, Representative Tom Rice has about a dozen Republican challengers, and Nancy Mace has three, so. New inflation numbers. Yes, you've probably had someone on TV or possibly at a gas station yell at you about these already. And you're like, why Why are you yelling at me? I get it. Prices are going up. What do you want me to do? The Labor Department said that the Consumer Price Index, which measures what consumers pay for goods and services, increased in October by 6.2% from a year ago. Now, this was the fastest 12-month pace since 1990 and the fifth straight month of inflation above 5%, according to the Wall Street Journal. Oh, yeah, the 90s. We're literally bringing them back right here. (laughs) The core price index, which excludes the often volatile categories of food and energy, climbed 4.6% in October from a year earlier, and that's higher than September's 4% rise and the largest increase since 1991. 90s. Now, on a monthly basis, the CPI increased a seasonally adjusted 0.9% in October from the month prior, is a sharp acceleration from September's 0.4% rise and the same as June's 0.9% pace. So, yes, inflation is currently wiping out those high wages we've been talking about, but those are expected to last longer than this inflation, which many economists say will taper once supply chain backlogs clear, though when that is, isn't entirely certain. Demand is outpacing supply right now. This is what happens when you have a global supply chain fueled by just-in-time inventory, you mix in a global pandemic recovery, and massive shifts in labor markets. Bada bang. But while around 80 ships wait offshore in places like Los Angeles and Long Beach, California, the Wall Street Journal reports that ocean shipping rates are starting to fall, giving hope that some supply chain issues could start cooling. The cost to move a container from China to the U.S. West Coast fell 26% last week compared with the week before, to $13,295. This according to Fredo's Baltic Index. Now that is still more than three times as high since the start of the year, when the same box cost $4,200 to ship. It was the first decline since June in the premium cargo owner's pay to secure space on ships. So, some fun things to talk about around the Thanksgiving table. Brought to you by Fredo's Baltic Index. Now, Mike Switzer of the South Carolina Business Review recently spoke with Dr. Bob Riggle. He's a marketing professor at the Citadel in Charleston, and they talked about supply chain issues affecting businesses in our state. The state of the supply chain situation in South Carolina is uh, not unlike it is other places around the United States and the world. 
It's affected many areas of the economy from reducing products on shelves, but also leading into, you know, some disruption of service provision. These are things that we're, you know, trying to study and, and learn about so that we can maybe hopefully create some ways and some resiliency into the supply chain going into the future. Well, now talk about the effect it's having on the service economy. Um, right now, I think most people would assume that the big problem in the service economy is hiring. Well, that's one of the big issues is, is finding enough workers. Uh, certainly, there's a shortage of workers in the service economy. Um, but just like uh, goods have their supply chain, uh, services also have a supply chain as well. And when these disruptions happen, as we're seeing now, it's a trickle-down effect. We're still learning a lot about this topic and the literature. It's evolving. And I think uh, what's going to happen is this disruption is going to bring a lot more light to not only the importance of the supply chain, but the extent to which supply chain resiliency is, is a critical component to businesses. And so besides people, what are the trickle-down supply problems in the service economy? In the services sector, if you go to the doctor, for instance, there's a services, a credence-type service there. You know, doctors have to have certain products and materials to do their job. And, um, and while it's difficult for a lot of lay people to kind of evaluate uh, the service that maybe a doctor can provide, um, doctors need to have certain things to be able to do their job. All right, well, now let's talk about the, uh, the marketing side of all this, the issues businesses are facing there. What's happening is in marketing, these shortages are highlighting how uh, the companies are using their marketing formulas and are they working? That's a big question. What we're seeing right now, firms are reducing ad spending to help, to some extent, slow the demand for products and services that are out, out of stock. One of the things that I've noticed this time of year, you know, other companies are putting out Christmas items early and customers are shopping at increased rates. Uh, but I suspect that we're going to see fewer Black Friday doorbusters this year because of this disruption. <laughs> now, that's that's definitely a new thing. Businesses cutting back on their marketing budgets because they just don't want people to be hounding them for their services and their products. It, it certainly is. It's um, It's quite a unique thing because this time of year, you see companies launching uh, new campaigns for Christmas time, and what you're probably going to see is certainly reduction in sales promotion, discounts, and things like that, but also just fewer deals all around. And so are there any new technologies or tools that uh, businesses are turning to now to help them in this dynamic environment? Well, that's a great question. The big one that people are talking about is artificial intelligence, or AI. One of the things that COVID has uh, really highlighted and really highlighted the urgency is that companies need to build in more intelligence into their marketing and supply chain management. How are they doing that? Well, what's happening is companies are using AI to better track products in the supply chain. Companies are using AI to look at more in-depth of how consumers behave and the insights that we have on consumers to create our marketing mix. Well, Bob, with your work there in this research, are you guys able to come up with any prognostication on how, you, how long you think this situation might last? Well, Mike, I tell you, I'm a little hesitant to, to reach out and make some kind of prediction, but some experts in the field are, are forecasting that things might take up to six months to a year to kind of smooth out and get back on track. 
Um, and hopefully, as we emerge from this, this current disruption, we're going to see a lot more uh, lean and diversified supply chains as we go forward. You can find the South Carolina Business Review and more statewide news on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And on the way out, Mardi Gras is happening. The Advocate reports that New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell said Carnival is a go. Mardi Gras Day is March 1st, 2022. Hmm, maybe I'll be down there? Hmm? Actually, I just looked up Breeze Airways has a nonstop round trip from Charleston to New Orleans for $172. Hmm. Might be doing the lead from down there at the end of February. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us what you're doing for Thanksgiving, what you're doing for Christmas, how your shopping habits have changed. Car alarms in the back. Car alarms. <laughs> Let us know. We want to hear from you. 803-563-7169. You might have noticed that we didn't have a medical section today. Kind of just consolidated some things. Didn't see that much Did that news. make you mad? If it made you mad, you should call and let us know how mad it made yeah, you. Yeah, or, you know, if you're getting your kids vaccinated, let us know. I hated getting shots as a kid. Anyone out there screaming and kicking while they're getting their little COVID shot? Let us know. I want to hear about these. <laughs> I actually stopped into a Walgreens on Saturday to pick mm. up Clareton. Mm-hmm. Mistake. Because I guess it was uh, inoculate your kid day. Oh, yeah. And they, they, they there wasn't a separate room. They, like, built a little box. And there were just screaming children and frantic <laughs> oh God, fathers who no. were just like, look at me, look at me. Don't yeah. look at the shot. Look at me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, buddy. Hey, hey, you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if that was you, I, let us know. That was me as a child, apparently, from what my mother said. I'm like, oh, did not like that. Honestly, if you could distract me and I couldn't pay attention to the shot, I mm-hmm. never felt it. And uh, I'm easily distracted. So uh, I, think I it's wasn't just, too bad. It's just knowing that you're going... To this place where every time you go to this place, you get stabbed. Ow, owie, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah, it's an owie huh, place. Yeah, so I like, get you. Please don't go back. Oh, which is why those kids on those St. Jude commercials just get me. I'm like, oh, like, I mean, here I'm being a baby about, you know, going to the dentist. These kids. I love the that. dentist. I, well, Hot that's because you never like had it. any problems with your teeth. Anyway, of course you're going to love go. going to the dentist and getting toys and a new toothbrush. <laughs> let's go. Let's keep moving. <laughs> let's move that's it on. Besides here. the point. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But I will say, fear does work at brushing your teeth. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, AT, we have a caller. We got a caller. We got a call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a few calls. This is the first one that came in. No one gets preferential treatment on this unless you are our pal. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, never happened before, never going to happen since. Anyway, here's the call. Hey, guys. Um, I am Miranda from Spartanburg. I called like probably back in April, and I have some exciting updates, I suppose. I am getting my Pfizer booster, which is exciting. Um, I graduated in 2020 from college, and I'm finally getting a ceremony this May. I get to walk, you know, no longer a COVID graduate, so that's exciting. Um, And on the Crocs and Socks conversation, have we thought about Chacos and Socks? I think that's my preferred combination. So just putting that out there. Um, also, can I say, I, I'm a huge fan of Vince Colbrugo. When you said that that's who was calling this week, I, I literally said, yes, I love this man. So, yeah, keep it coming. The South Carolina Lead is probably my favorite podcast. 
So thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Oh, Miranda, just really bringing that holiday spirit, bringing that, <laughs> bringing that praise, talking about us being our favorite podcast. Uh, even though we're talking about Vince Colblugo, it's not this his podcast. This is not Vince's podcast. It's not Vince's podcast. It's Gavin's podcast, everyone. <laughs> no. We love Vince, VKL, Vince Colbrugo. Vince um, Colbrugo, yep. Yeah, I think I think, I think think people would like to hear more about those uh, behind-the-scenes public radio interactions. Behind-the-scenes. I, I like that um, people stand Vince, people stand the pod, mm-hmm. and they don't really realize that we're just like uh, regular dudes in offices next to each other. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> There's like the mystique, and then you show up and you're like, okay, uh, we're, they're boring is, too. Yeah, they're boring. Is, this is where the magic happens. I don't see it, but you say so. Um, anyway, Miranda, we on 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 the topic of your chacos with socks. I don't yes. know if this is an age thing, but before this happened, Ageist. I just had Gavin look up a picture of a chaco mm-hmm. because I didn't know what a chaco was. Chaco taco. I yeah, I I immediately thought that's chaco, the only chaco, chacos we honestly. know about. Right that's there. what you got at lunchtime in middle school. Oh, um, a chaco taco, or from the ice cream man. But anyway, uh, we looked it up, Gavin. What do you think about chacos? They're like they're like tivas. So oh, they are yes, they're tivas. So they're, they're yeah, they, they're tiva adjacent. The sandals with the elaborate pulley systems to hold them uh, on. Yes, so what do you think about restraints and contraptions <laughs> and snaps and velcro? No, no kink shaming, no kink shaming. Um, but uh, Gavin, what do you think about those with socks versus Crocs with socks? Uh, so um, also just a wild situation there. Any any sort of sandal with a sock is just going to be one and the same, in my opinion. You know, yeah, you're Crocs, saying no socks. It's with Crocs those. et al versus socks in this opinion. Et al, so yeah, yeah okay. it's, 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 it's all of them, right? They're all they're, it's like a multi suit. I'd, lo- I'd lo- Meg. I want you to look it up and, and let us know. But uh, also, well, I mean, Gavin, the, it, it, what you just said there, Liz, leaves a little bit of a loophole here. Does, is a Croc a sandal then? Yeah, yeah. Is a Croc a sandal? Yeah, a Croc and a really? Chaco and a, a Birkenstock. Birkenstocks They're all are sandals. sandals. Yeah. Yes. No, okay. the big issue we were having was about flip-flops versus sandals, which I conceded that, yes, when we have the umbrella term sandal, that, yes, underneath that is a flip-flop. However, don't call my flip-flop a sandal, per se. It, if it has I a thong... I think it's the other way. It's a don't flip-flop. Call a, don't call a Tiva a flip-flop, right? Well, no, you never would, because the only way you get the actual flip is when there's... A flop action. I don't oh, want to get too technical it's an here. Oh. But when you you don't because when you're in a croc or you're strapped into a tiva or a chaco, you're 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 not flopping. I like this. I like this sound. Now you this could is- <laughs> you could say a Birkenstock, <laughs> but I don't think they flop as much. A flip flop is your basic old navy flip flop. Here we go. Bring if it back, you old navy folks. Don't have. Uh, did you get your shirt for this year, by the way? Your, yeah, we your talked about this. I got a shirt okay, and a tank good. top. Five dollars oh, yeah. each. Correct. Correct. My God. But uh, if God you don't have USA. your your croc in an attack mode with the with the thing down, it does flop a little bit. Yeah, but you know, it's it's a it's just it's a not even, it's basically not even. It's an abomination. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> okay. I like that. I, I, I enjoy uh, slumming it with the abominations. But, That's fine. Um, I'm a deplorable, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, there's a lot when it comes to footwear. But now I will say, here's a funny story <clears throat> about feet and Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to hear this. Uh, my first Mardi Gras was like 20... 25 years ago? 20, 25 years ago. <laughs> uh, I guess it was 2015. Because then I moved here shortly thereafter. But it was a last minute thing. And I went with my friend Brandy and a bunch of other friends. And I just didn't really have a costume ready. And I just, I had no idea what was in store for me. My friends, they do, they go all out. They costume, they do elaborate things. 
we do a, uh, a walking parade from different parts of the town into the quarter. And I was just like, whatever. I got a pair of flip-flops I'm going to wear. <laughs> and at the end of the day, everyone's like, you just wore flip-flops all day on Mardi Gras? I'm like, yeah, why? Is that is that really bad? <laughs> like, my feet were, of course, like, black yeah, by the end of the day. Like, yeah, how many miles did you walk Luckily, in I didn't have any, like, open cuts because God knows I would have had, like, went ahead a foot two days later. But, uh, yeah, I've done... I used to do crazy things like that wearing flip-flops in places that I should not have been wearing flip-flops. Like, we went down to some 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 mayan ruins you know in mexico <laughs> and, and you're walking you up about? and when we drove like you know we went there we were like okay let's go do it. it's a day after like you're kind of hungover you're not really thinking about what your day entails and you're gonna go walk up an ancient mayan ruin and you don't realize how steep those things are <laughs> and, I and just, how smooth I, I, that is and then you get some I sand i never thought you were gonna bring up mayan ruins here i who love that who i mean now we can start talking about ancient aliens because but, we know that humans didn't build well, them. i'm just going to show like you know your footwear i would have preferred to be wearing tevas at that point because that would have been more tevas. secure tevas i would have preferred to have been wearing those at that time but i've never owned a pair of those so it's kind of hard for me to admit that because when you're walking down these ruins, they're so slick from being worn so long. And then there's some sand and like one tumble, Gavin's going down. But Mm-mm. I made it down. Mm-mm-mm. I'm glad you made it through so that perilous that's journey. Another so reason why, here today. Yeah, that's another reason why I've really kind of taken the flip-flops out of the uh, non-aquatic Self-preservation. Yes. Self-preservation. You learn these things as you get older, folks. You do. I'm trying to help you catch up. You know, if we all know that aliens built those, though, Gavin. We know aliens built those. We know it because they just sprung up on equal different parts of the, the globe at the same time. How did they do it? Hmm? Who knows? Explain it to me. But I don't like Explain those tevas because your your big toe is still hanging out there, just waiting to get stubbed still. Whereas your Crocs, I guess, Good do provide point. some cover. Yeah. Overall, they're both um not the most attractive footwear. So anyway, take it out, people. <laughs> let, let us let us know. Let us know what you think about any of this. Yeah, let us know. Call us like Miranda did from Sparenberg. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, congrats again on getting that booster. And uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Great yeah, job. and she gets to walk in May. Very exciting graduate right there. Yeah, give us a shout. 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, like Lightning did. We love you, Lightning. She wrote, love the podcast. Enjoy the recap of what is going on in the political sphere in South Carolina. Love, love, love. And Ohio Vic sent us a little message on November 2nd. I continue enjoying the SE Lead podcast. Longtime listener. Great work on keeping us all informed. Thank you and happy fall. Very nice. Stay up to date with the latest news on SETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina Lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. This isn't their show, okay? You're jealous. You're jealous. I'm not jealous. I just don't want to hear I'm not. them. I just don't want them I, to hear their names again. I'm not jealous. <laughs> I just don't think that this is the proper outlet for those comments.